welcome to another We March On with Stephen Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast with the Believe Podcast Network. Now, Southampton are relegated, as you know. We were hoping that this season would go out with, I would say bang, but maybe a, a miniature party popper. Uh, not to be. Uh, it was a loss, wasn't it, against Brighton last time out. We have one match left to try and you know, go out with some dignity this season at home to Liverpool on Sunday. But before that, we do have some stuff to talk about. Not only myself, Steve Forbes, will be hosting today, but as ever, my pal, the one and only Tom Holmes. Deacon. Thank you very much, Steve. Yes, 36 episodes. We've uh, we've not missed an episode. Do you know what I mean? We've been, if you were talking to your employer, we've absolutely smashed it. We would mm. be able to say, look, give us a pay rise because we have put a lot of effort and time in and we haven't missed anything. We might have missed one because there's been 37 mm. games played out of 38 and we've only got episode 36. So that would indicate we have missed one. Yeah, we've missed a couple. But then, yeah. Do you know what? Look, but you know all what you're I'm allowed trying to say. holiday, aren't you? They're sick days. You're allowed, what is it, a maximum of four statutory sick days a day a year? Yeah, I'm, I reckon half the squad will be missing on Sunday against Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, very well. Good to be back. Um, I, I I counted it about 20 seconds before you said Saints got relegated, which I think is uh, remarkable. Um, I wasn't going to mention it today. It's sort of, it. we're over it now. It's about having a party, isn't it, against Liverpool? Because at Brighton, there were some party scenes going on. Uh, with the fans, and I think that's how we should treat this episode today. It's it's a miniature party. Yeah, I think so. It's one of those games where it's the sun will be shining. You know, Britain is going through a bit of a heat wave at the moment. It's glorious outside. I want to see fans with their tops off, swinging around their head, like, <laughs> and and just you know, almost celebrating the final game of the Premier League era for Southampton FC for the time being. You know, they've mm. been in the division for what 11 12 years now um it's been a great effort how many teams do we see come up and have yo-yo seasons fulham yeah. for example like clubs that you would probably say are established premier league clubs um go up and down there's very few teams maybe what eight to ten in the division that remain there almost every single season even your even your huge clubs now your champions league clubs newcastle it was only 13 years ago that they were relegated. Yeah. So, hey, it's a part we should we should be saying goodbye gracefully yeah, and with a bit of respect. It's a uh, it it it's in a river dirty, isn't it? It's it's a goodbye for now. It's a not river so mu- dirty. Is that a river, a river dirty? Isn't that goodbye? A river dirty. Uh, what's the French one? Uh, <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. That doesn't mean like really goodbye. It's like just goodbye for now. I think. Yes. When will um, we meet again? Exactly. Oh, mate, I like this. We've got international early doors. Well, it is the 36th episode. Um, you did some research before we started because I'm normally the one to go, oh, this player. I couldn't find anyone that had the number 36 clicking back through Wikipedia. The closest I got to was Kevin Danso. We all remember how <coughs> he was. And um, Brett Ormerod. You you found out Brett Ormerod. Well, yeah. So Transfer Marked, a very good website that has tons of stats on every team you could possibly imagine um have a historic list of every player who's worn a particular number i presume for every club but i've just looked at southampton and uh if we scroll down to 36 there are some players that are in the recent history but i don't remember any of them you have jacob maddox jordan turnbull jake sinclair in the last sort of 10 years but the one that sticks out as a player that many fans will remember 
is Brett Ormerod from uh, 0102 to the 0405 season. He was number 36. Oh, what a legend. FA Cup final. He was James Beattie's sort of partner in crime up front. He would do all the running. That's what James Beattie always used to say about Brett Ormerod. He would do all the running and then I would just get all the glory. And um, I respect that. But um, yeah, 36 episodes. We're here. I'm excited about it all. Um, I was going to mention to you, and I hadn't already, um, Mm -hmm. I wore my Saints third kit this season, the green one, the nicest of the bunch, in my humble opinion. I wore it to the gym. And the new manager went, oh, that's a nice shirt. Exactly the in same that voice. voice. Yeah, in that voice. And I went, why are you putting that voice on? That's my voice when I'm mugging people off. Anyway, he goes, that is a nice shirt. And I thought he was taking the piss a little bit. So I said, oh, no, it's terrible. And he went, no, I really like it. And I could see at that moment he was being genuine. And he said, um, he said, no, it's a really nice kit. And I said, well, it is a nice kit. It's my favorite one. But we got relegated this year. So it doesn't feel good to wear it. And he said, well. I'll be seeing you in the uh, the championship next season. I went, who's your team? He said, Plymouth. And then we got into a little conversation. Now, I don't want to say I'm hot on the press and all of the news and all of the information, but apparently Plymouth, he told me, have only got six million pounds to spend. <laughs> so you heard it here first, guys. Um, at least we will definitely have one win against Plymouth next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing to look forward to as well, is like not only a party atmosphere at St. Mary's on Sunday, it's quite nice as well to have the final game of the Premier League season at home too mm. um, as an opportunity to say goodbye. But if we look ahead, th- you know, I'm not expecting a season in the Championship where Southampton will be on the same level of form as the last, you know, nine months has been. I am expecting good times to roll back in through the mm. doors on the South Coast. It's, it's, we've got to get some wins under our belt. We will talk as well about an incoming into the dugout that isn't a player um, in, a, in a second as well. But I think a season in the championship, hopefully it's not longer than that, but at least a season in the championship will bring the positivity back to St. Mary's. You know, if we can start smashing all these other teams, it would be absolutely fantastic. Um, can, can I can I ask you on mm. the spot now? And I know I hadn't planned this. And everyone listening, welcome to the show. Um, and thanks for joining us again. But Steve, mm. out of all the away days that I look, I've looked at for the championship next year, and there's a couple that haven't been decided, of course, Luton or Coventry, which, which one of those will be going to the away game. But out of them, for an away day, if I was to say, Steve, let's get in the car, yours, because... You know, yours is a bit nicer. Let's get in your car. Let's go there. Right. Where would you like to go? Just just two lads just living it up, ready to get in that number. Where would you go? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have a little look at the table now. Um, because the other thing is, is I'm not sure what's going to happen with my particular employment next year. I know. So um, I might, I know. might wasn't going to bring that up. Well, you could be relegated. Yeah. You could be relegated. <laughs> so for the past few seasons, I've been doing home and away games, but many of the away games just from from the stadium, from St Mary's itself, and 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 uh, uh, doing a studio setup rather than being on the gantry for the for the home games. Um, we may continue that if we don't, and I've got you know every other week off. If we just go back to doing home matches, then we might be able to get a little trip away. I've already been. To a couple of these, some not asked in the slightest. West Brom, one of the worst grounds I've ever been to, the Hawthorns. It's like a big corrugated iron shed. Crap. Um, Watford as well, not particularly good. Um, where else am I looking at? QPR's pretty much a tin shed I've, as well. I've been to I've been to Loftus Road a few times when they're in the Premier League. It's it's okay. 
Um, Norwich is too far. Um, basically, <laughs> the east of England is is the land that time forgot. Don't even have a motorway. Um, <laughs> Reading, nah. I've I've been to the Majeski. No one wants to go to Reading. Um, except they've got a massive IKEA. Uh, ooh, but I tell you where I haven't been. Ewood yeah. Park. Park. I, I, do you know what? That is the one for me as well. Or the Stadium of Light for Sunderland. I'd say wow. e- Ewood Park or Sunderland, and I know they're far away, especially Sunderland, but I think that they would probably have the best atmospheres. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Those, the, and just for the day trip, mate, that's longer in the car with you. That's a blessing as well. <laughs> I feel like it's that far away for those. We'll, we'll have a travel lodge, you know, our own rooms. Yeah. Maybe a twin, do you know what I mean? But we'll just be lads hitting the open road, going to watch the mighty saints, being in that number. Um, the other one I was I was going to throw out there, if you're up for it, um, like like we're planning it on the pod, um, Bristol City. I just feel like for me, I think Bristol is a great night out. We'll, I'll tell you what we'll do, Steve. We'll mm. take the missuses, right? They could have a day shopping, mm. right? Hear me out. Right. And they stay in a different hotel and we just have it large. <laughs> We're in the same city. Could be a nice idea, mate. Do you know what? I used to live in Bristol uh, for a year and it is a fantastic city. Lovely people. Great nightlife. So, yeah, Bristol City away could be a lot of fun. Maybe we should do it, Tom. I think that's something that we could definitely, you know, get get to do in uh, next season. Um, I actually, you would be the second former Southampton employee that I've gone away with and stayed, stayed at a hotel with. Um, How uh, dare you? Who's th- the first? I know, I know. You're like uh, sloppy seconds here, Deeks. Um, <laughs> this, this actually happened the day before a game and it was um, the wonderful John Weeks who um, used to be the, the stadium announcer at St. Mary's for a while, now works uh, for the Evening Standard. And he, he's, he's a good friend. And he asked me a favor when we both worked at Global, the uh, radio conglomerate, uh, if I could uh, help him by going all the way to Ipswich uh, to get his new car and drive his old car back. So he drove us up there. He picked up his, his new motor and I brought the other one back. I didn't realize how far Ipswich was. It takes mm. forever to get there. Like I said, going anywhere kind of east, southeast of London, past Kent in that kind of area. Where is it? East Anglia? I don't even know what county Ipswich is in. It's far away. Took ages. Anyway, we went and the following day was a Southampton home game. We were both working. So we had to be, you know, up and on it and and, and back in time to for the, the pre-match meeting, etc. And uh, we booked into an easy hotel. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever stayed in an easy hotel, Tom. And I don't know where other than Ipswich one may be. Maybe Luton. Uh, I'm not sure. But there was no window in the room. Good Lord. I've, I, other than one night in San Francisco, when there was a window, but it faced a brick wall, I've never spent a night in a room that didn't have a window. But what they'd done is put like almost a mural on the wall to make it look like you were looking at the outside. It's bleak, isn't it? It's bleak. It was was bleak, yeah. But £20 saved is £20 saved. Do you know how much it was for the night? I I don't think. uh, Maybe £50 for both of you? No, £13 for the room. Oh, oh my word. That's well worth it. I don't mind. I'll just just take a charger for for my phone and we'll just put sort of wildlife scenery just up. (laughs) Just play it continually. (laughs) Like they do for a fire. (laughs) 
Right, so we better get into it, hadn't we? We, probably we better talk should. about Brighton. We probably should. Uh, so, Tom, the last result wasn't what we really wanted from uh, the post-game or post-relegation game, should I say. Uh, an away trip to the Amex to take on Brighton. A 3-1 loss. 2-0 down. You'd say relatively early on. Uh, the goals came in the 29th and the 40th minute from Evan Ferguson, the uh, the young Irish striker that seems to now be valued at 100 million, uh, or at least Brighton think that's how much he's worth anyway. Um, and it wasn't the start we wanted. Uh, I think the same old mistakes crept in, mm. if, if you agree. Um, got ourselves back into the game. Elianusi with a little flick on header. And then... I was like, we're back in it. We're back in it. The comeback's on. Theo Walcott racing through, tapping it in. Oh, in fact, not even tapping it in. Actually quite a good finish past the keeper in. And uh, and then VAR once again. I, I'm not sure there's another team in the Premier League this season, Tom, that's had as many decisions against them by VAR than Southampton. It seems to be one a week. Um, and when you saw the lines drawn, mm. I... I it baffled me. I didn't think it was offside. I thought level was onside. It said that the, the, the line kind of grazed uh, the shoulder of Theo Walcott and said that his shoulder was slightly in front of where the other defender's toe was. I don't know how that's even visible uh, from that from that distance, even with the lines drawn. What advantage he's getting from his shoulder being slightly offside, an inch in front of the defender's foot, I don't know. I do think there has to be a change in the rules if we're going to continually use VAR for, for decision-making. Maybe there has to be daylight in between the attacker and the defender. Just completely change that offside rule to so that you physically have to be in front of them with a gap to, to be offside, as that would be a genuine advantage. Um, and anyway, wasn't to be Brighton go down the other end. Um, a few minutes later, Pascal Gross with a nice finish to make it 3-1 and, and wrap the game up. So, Another disappointing day, but fate was already sealed and I don't think anyone was expecting much else. No, couldn't agree more with you. However, this is how I take and look at that that match. If Saints had gone to Brighton at the Amex, who have had a very good record at home this year, have been, I wouldn't say a surprise package, but, but a very, very unexpected team to now cement their place in Europe by getting that one-all draw with Man City... And if Saints had gone to Brighton and put on an absolute display, I'd be spitting feathers. I'd be furious because actually, in some respects, I didn't expect anything more. Uh, The away fans seemed to keep the party spirits going. The VAR was annoying, but we've had that all season. So if it was to suddenly change with the last two games, I I, I feel I would be a bit sick. And actually, the positives from this for me, and you know I've been waiting to say this. I'm so waiting for this, right? Obviously... Tino Livermento coming back from injury. He was injured at the Amex um, more than a year ago. Comes back to play at the Amex. His return looked fantastic in that short burst. We've definitely missed him. And also getting on to the pitch, you know it, Don Ballard. And uh, a lad, a very talented lad, uh, lad Kamari Doyle, getting on uh, to make uh, their um, appearances in the Premier League. And do you know what? Kamari Doyle, while we're on the subject, 27 appearances. 13 goals, 10 assists. Um, he's got his Premier League debut now. 
and a Premier League two champion. Um, I mean, what what a what a potential talent we've got there. They came on. I wanted it in the last podcast when I said to you, I want to play some of the youngsters. We've done that. And that's all we're taking from it. No points, but a little bit of positivity. So, so I'm happy with all of that. When I saw Don Ballard come on, I did think of you. Um, <laughs> I was like, I wonder if Tom will get that tattoo now. Um, but, you know, they, it was one of those times where they came on and it was like, I'm glad they've got their Premier League appearance for the season. Did they impress? I didn't really see Don Ballard really get in a touch of the ball. Um, Kamari Doyle playing in maybe a slightly more uh, deeper position than he's used to playing for the B team as well. Um, but credit to them. They're now Premier League, a Premier League player, both of them. Um, they have that that appearance now. There was worry that you're chucking them in at a time where if they look really good, mm-hmm. then there could be interest in those young players in the summer. And they'll be like, well, I've played in the Premier League now. I don't want to go down. I want to stay in. Mm. Or they look awful or they're, they're overwhelmed and it scars them. Because then they're like, well, my first appearance with the first team in, in, in the Premier League did not go as planned. And it's a bit of a mental block from there on out. But I think they're both very talented young players. I'm sure Saints will hold on to them um, for next season, the championship. And they could both prove pivotal. And Tino as well. I think it could be... I was going to say it could be a blessing that he's been injured for so long. Not for him, but... And probably not for Southampton survival hopes because I think he he was so good the previous season. He he mm. was excellent and he's a goal threat as well from right back. But because he's been out for so long, he's not going to get that move this summer. Um, whether he would have gone or not had he played all season, I don't know. But he certainly won't be on the move this summer. Southampton have got an absolutely incredible talent on their hands for the championship. He could be the best player in the league next year. That's how highly I rate Tino Livermento. He could be uh, sensational for Southampton because I think we can both agree that Carl Walker-Peters will likely go. Mm. Um, He's a quality, quality right back, has proved he can do it at the highest level. And I'm sure teams will be circling over the summer months. But having replacing Kyle with Tino for that season in the championship could be an absolute blessing. Um, and Don Ballard could address some of those issues we've had with with goal scoring next yeah. season as well, um, depending who we keep or, or who we let go. So, yeah, glad to see them get a run out on the pitch. As we said, n- weren't really expecting much. It's a shame that we couldn't at least have got a point. But as you say, I, I think many Saints fans, had they seen a stellar performance, would have been, well, where's that been? Yeah. Where's that been for months now? You've been holding it in the locker for the last two games and we're already relegated. That's sickening. Yeah. But um, hey, it's done. Um, it just feels like let's get the Liverpool game out the way and let's have a, a, you know, the off season and then get back into it because there's a chance to get some wins under our belt. And that's, I guess, what every Saints fan wants to see again. <laughs> wins under the belt there probably won't be any more for Ruben Sellers um don't know if you've seen Tom but the club released a statement yesterday actually we're recording this on on Thursday they released a statement on Wednesday um saying that you know Ruben's time at the club will come to an end following that game against Liverpool on Sunday I I don't know if it's really the right time to make that decision because why is he gonna care other than you know for his own pride He's not yeah. got. He's not got anything to to 
kind of worked towards now. He, they could have said, you know what, impress us at Liverpool and potentially, you know, we'll think about you for next season. But they've already made that decision now. A very short statement on the club's website saying Southampton Football Club can confirm that it's held conversations with men's first team manager Ruben Sellers and decided that his contract will not be renewed when it expires at the end of this season. The club wants to place on record its thanks to Ruben for taking on the managerial position at a difficult time for the club and giving his all as we attempted to stay in the Premier League. Ruben will take charge of the team for the final game against Liverpool on Sunday at St Mary's. We wish him all the best for his future career. What do you think about that, Tom? I, 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 I mean, you've said everything that, that I sort of think about it, really. Um we thought he could be the guy that could turn things around. And I think the the issues lie deeper than just the manager. And uh, the whole club needs to reevaluate a lot of things because, you know, Ralph was there. They wanted to move in a new direction. You bring in the wrong guy. Didn't work out for Nathan Jones. You hoped that he was the right guy. And then Ruben comes in, gets a win under his belt, and then looks a little bit out of his depth at the moment. It was his first managerial position. He's been waiting as a coach for years and years to get that opportunity. Um, so so I, I don't blame Ruben. Ruben hasn't taken us down. It just didn't get us to to, to spark um, anything to, to get a win. And I think they've also done this because there's rumours another manager will be coming in imminently. And because of that, you have to sort of think, well, maybe that was the right thing and, and let... But, you know, it's like putting a dog down. Sometimes, you know, you've just got just to put it, his little puppy eyes for Ruben Sellers. It's like, thank you. But this Sunday is your well, last. I'm not necessarily talking about the surprise that he won't be kept on because I don't think that's necessarily a surprise. It's more the timing uh, mm. of, the, of the statement being released, whether that's because the rumor mills in, in full swing. I mean, I was working at TalkSport and, and received communication that um, the manager we're about to talk about in a second was was imminent in being um, announced, it didn't. It didn't happen, as far as I'm aware. Um, but maybe it will do in the, in the coming days. But I do think it's maybe slightly harsh to announce that a manager's leaving one game before the end of the season, and not even like you've got a week or two to go until that game. You got like three days. Well, um, it, it it depends what you want. I mean, for you, you would prefer not to be in that situation. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like if, if the management come over to me and go, look, Liverpool, if you were thinking there's a chance, well, we're going to, we're going to cut that now. So go out there, enjoy the moment. Um, you know, it's hard, but did Ruben ever really think he was going to be the manager? We, we don't know about those conversations with the board. And when they said, Ruben, if you keep us up, you'll keep your job. Mm. It's evident we've, we've been relegated now take the stress off the bloke and go, you know, try that tactic that you were planning to do if if you'd have been here a little bit longer and, and go out there with a professionalism which other clubs will look at and go, yeah, do you know what? He's held his head high there. And and, and, I, and I think they had to because they want to get this this new manager in. So they have to put any sort of rumours, you know, quash that and go, look, Ruben's going. We're looking for this new guy. And they're probably just trying to get the money for the um, compensation together, aren't they, at the moment? Well, it could also be a time for or a reason that, They've made that decision now because Ruben wants to say goodbye. He's been at the club for a few years and and now the fans know that he won't be there next season. It will give him an opportunity to give them all a clap and for them to say their thanks for his, for his time in charge. So, yeah, you raise a good point there, Tom. On to who could replace Ruben for when we go to the championship. The name 
that is. Zinedine Zidane. Oh, and I you, cannot wait, mate. Can you imagine? It'd be great. <laughs> Three-time Champions League winning manager decides Real Madrid or the France job or any team in the best leagues in Europe. It's not, it's not for me. Yeah. I want to test. I want to, I want to, you know, not cut my teeth. He's already cut his teeth. I want to work my chops in the championship. You know, I, I work like your chops in the championship. That's where the real money is earned. That's where the work is. You know, I want to get down and dirty. I don't want a hundred, 200 million euro budgets every year. I want to see what I can do with 10 to 15 million. Um, no, it's not. It's not Zinedine Zidane, Tom. Uh, sorry for being facetious there. Uh, I, uh, I'm just going to say it, Russell Martin, the Swansea manager. He's the mm. he's the guy that is rumoured to be very close to agreeing, or maybe has already agreed, very close to being announced as the new manager of Southampton Football Club. A compensation fee. Apparently, Swansea were holding out for eight hundred thousand. Southampton got it for four hundred. Not bad. Um, and it means we've still got 14.6 million to spend. And he he could be coming in and he's a young manager, former Scotland international. I really only remember him from his time at Norwich, um, but has, has been a good coach at, at Swansea. Um, if we yeah. look at their championship campaign, 10th out of 24, it's not, not terrible. Um, they had a good run at the end, unbeaten in their last five. Um, progressive manager plays a, a nice style of football. I've seen online. I don't know too much about him, but I've read on on social media that fans are saying give give him time. He's someone mm. that you're going to need to have patience with because he wants to implement a particular style. He's going to want to bring in characters. Apparently, he doesn't take any shit. He's not going to want um, any bad eggs in 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 the dressing room. No one disrupting the apple cart. So. He's if got he his can... work cut out then, hasn't he? Yeah. From what I've heard, he's got his work cut out because that that means it will take time to get rid of players that he doesn't want around. So, sorry to, to jump in there. But yeah, no. he, he's got his work cut out and we we will have to give him a bit of time. But he is the sort of manager that I've seen videos of him, of his, uh, his post-match uh, talks in the dressing room. And he just, he does seem like a nice guy, good communicator. I think that's what I was tr trying to put across. Seems like a very good communicator, humble, honest, um, hardworking. Uh, and again, I don't know too much about him. I don't know about his about his record enough to give my opinion on whether he'll be a success or not. But if it is to be believed and he will be announced soon, I think at least Southampton have got their ducks in a row early and gone, this is who we want. This is who we believe in. Let's back him. This is the guy to take us back up again. 100%. And that's a different situation than what happened at the beginning of this season. Is Ralph our man? We're not sure. Okay, we'll, we'll get rid of him after 12 or 13 games. Then the new guy comes in. Yeah, uh, th this is a much better uh, way of, of, of doing things. Russell, Kenneth, Alexander, Martin um, starts. I mean, his style of play is what I think will be interesting. Um, he's played in teams who were dominant with the ball and loved it. Uh, he also played in teams who didn't have much of the ball and hated it. So the way we've been playing this season, he would hate it. <laughs> so it's a possession-based building uh, from from probably the you know the defense to to our strikers. It's exciting. I'm, I saw a tweet um, from a guy called Tom Murray who said, "What Southampton have lacked recently is a clear style of play." We've said that all season. 
it's been aimless and dire many times this uh, and last season. We've already said that as well, Steve. What Martin will bring and has been successful in implementing at his previous clubs is an identity, something the club desperately needs. And that's that's all I need to sort of take from this manager. He's a new manager. They're getting in early, get the get the preseason done with with him in place. And um, yeah, he's he's just been in the championship. He knows the league. Um, is he the most successful manager? Maybe not, but he is going to rebuild this team and we have to get behind him. And, and I'm, I'm excited about it, you know, because because at least I've got a clear direction to just go, all right, there's no more ifs and buts. He's the guy. We go forward. Well, something something that I, I read is that, albeit that they finished 10th, apparently he had a bottom four budget and the youngest squad in the division as well, which... You know, it's quite impressive, but also bodes well for Southampton's philosophy, especially under Sports Republic, with bringing in young players and developing them um, for potential transfers at higher fees in the future. Southampton have a particularly young squad, and especially if some of the slightly older players, we know that some are out of contract. Jamoy Elianusi's Theo Walcott's. Are we expecting Jan Bednarek to stay? Are we expecting Prousey to stay? Are we expecting Alex McCarthy to stay? So if you really look at it, we did do it on last week's episode of players that we'd keep and, and who our squad would be for the championship. And I, I'm pretty sure most of them were under the age of, of 25 or 26. Um, Tino's only 20. Charlie Alcaraz, 20. Gavin Bazunu, 19 or 20 years, sorry. So he's going to have a very young squad to work with before he gets to bring in any of his own players. But that could bode well because of what he has done with Swansea with a particularly young team. So that could have been a key factor in the decision-making from Sports Republic to to go after this gentleman. And I really hope it works out. I really do. I think Southampton needs someone that doesn't necessarily... I think... I don't know Nathan Jones um, as a person, but he struck, struck me as someone with a bit of an ego. Mm. Um, and was maybe, um, what would I, how would I describe him? A little bit lacking in self-confidence and almost had to portray someone that he wasn't. Does that make sense? Like slightly insecure that he was in a, he was in the, the top league. He was, he was, he was, a, he was a Premier League manager, but with a championship mentality. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. He had to act the part not just be himself he had to act that way he had to get win people over quickly it it, does, it doesn't come naturally to him i'm sure on a one to one level nathan on level sorry nathan jones is very good at talking to you but communication that's something that you said early doors about uh, this guy russell martin we want someone who can communicate their ideas very clearly um and and nathan jones i mean even on sky sports we didn't even talk about it the other week when they said You've had time to think about Southampton and, and everything that happened. Um, do you have any regrets, Nathan? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, have a, I have a couple of, uh, of regrets, a, cu- a couple. But, uh, you know, I think overall, and they were like, would you like to share those regrets? No, 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 I'm not going to. Like, he, he, he made mistakes. And if you can't identify what they are and mm. just move on. Um, th- yeah, I, I, look, Russell Martin, great bit of facial hair. Uh smart in the dugout um this is this is going to be good like we it, it's positive and, and do you know what it's not the only change that's happening at Southampton uh, we were talking about it Sports Republic making some moves higher up in the building to make sure that everyone is aligned and uh as you always say singing from the same hymn sheet 
Yeah, so uh, they've confirmed a bit of a restructure, haven't they? Yeah. Um, of the organization. Um, Martin, Martin Simmons yeah. is left his role as CEO and director of the club. Um, they're shaking things things about. Um, and maybe maybe it's for the best. It's, it's obviously been a turbulent year, 18 months, um, with results not really going our way. There's, there's been people who've left or who've said that they're leaving. Uh, you look at people like Toby Steele and some, some of the, the board members and heads of recruitment, etc., that have gone in the past year. And maybe there just hasn't been something that's quite right or a conflict of um, opinions between the ownership group and, and who's already there. And um, it is a, it's just going to be a fresh start. Now, whether that is, is going to be a successful fresh start, we don't know, but it's a fresh start nonetheless. And I think like starting from ground zero and building up is, is probably the best way to go from now. Yeah, because Sport Republic is taking full operational control of Southampton Football Club with immediate effect. It, and, and as a fan, and I'm not being critical of something I don't necessarily understand all the time, but you're like, well, where have the mistakes been made? Who's putting their hand up? Who's saying that was a bad decision? That's on me, etc. If Sports Republic were making all the mistakes, you're a bit like, oh, no. And now they've got full control. Just, just you know, go with me on this. And if it was like someone like Martin Zemmons and Toby Steele and other people that were making really, really good decisions and they've gone, then that's not a good look. So this is the sort of thing that only with time will we see how things go. And of course, uh, incoming director of football, Jason Wilcox, he won a Premier League with Blackburn. Um, he'll lead a review of the football department and, uh, and he will be taking over. So actually, look, it's all change. But hopefully this is a positive way. And you would like to think the things that weren't working are leaving the building. Nice people. I'm not being horrible to them. But if it's not working, they go and then something good can, can begin to build. And there's no legacy members to blame, is there? You can't. Yeah. There, there'll be no scapegoat, essentially, because you won't have people really who've been at the club prior to the takeover. Um, so it's one of those ones where if Sports Republic get it right, they will reap all the rewards and the credit for doing a fantastic job in managing the club uh, from now on. And if it, if they get it wrong, then it's only them who are going to take the flack for doing so. Exactly. So risky move. Um, Steve, I know that we've mentioned Swansea. Would you like this week's <coughs> trivia quiz? What? Why are you changing it all the time? Mate, I change it because... Trivia quiz? That's all you sing? It used to be Saints Trivia of the Week. And I used to really enjoy waiting for that. What was that? Mate, that was me. Very cleverly making sure you did it, not me. Uh, you fell for the trap, sir. Welcome <laughs> to the Saints Trivia of the Week. Now, Steve Forbes and everyone yeah. listening, here is the question. There have been, in the last... I believe seven years, three players that have played for Swansea after being moved from Southampton to Swansea. So here's your moment, mate. Here's the chance. Uh, three players that started at Southampton and then moved to Swansea to play for them. Can you name those three players? Michael Obafemi. Correct. Did Callum Slattery go to Swansea? Interesting. No idea, mate. No. But I can. I can definitely. No. Uh, can, you say in the I, last seven years. Yeah, because we go back a little bit, and you know. So this is when Swansea were a Premier League team, I think, as well. 
yes, um, yes, uh, one of these players was well known around Southampton for a particular night out in a nightclub, um, got himself into a bit of trouble. And I can confirm Callum Slattery, uh, no, did not play for no. Swansea. He's at Motherwell now. Uh, Stephen Colker, I believe that's Swansea. Stephen Colker was a, I believe, a Cardiff player. Ah, um, uh, yeah, and it was a Welsh team. Yeah, he played for the Birds. Uh, oh, I'm really struggling now, and I bet they're going to be obvious as well. N- no, not necessarily. I will, I will tap into this player. Um, played uh, and <laughs> played for England. He's got one cap for England. He's also been at Burnley. Um, Chelsea is where Southampton signed him from. Uh, he had a little loan period at Watford, then Coventry, then Burnley, and then Burnley again, and then went uh, uh, and then got moved to to Swansea City. Um, good lad, played in the midfield in the middle. Um, his sort of peak period was Southampton twenty thirteen period. Um, I was, I, I mean, the Burnley thing. I was going to say Jay Rodriguez, but it's not him. No, um, it was the same sort of era that that Jay would would have been there with him. 13, 14, and he, from Chelsea and yeah. then to Swansea. I can give you the initials if you want to go with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it, there'll be people screaming in their car or however they're listening. Into, and that's, into ju- that's, just, that's just the quality of this podcast. Um, I am not about this trivia quiz. Uh, JC are the initials for this player. JC. J Colker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, Jack Cork. Oh, Jack Cork. Oh, so annoying. I knew as well. <laughs> oh. I love the passion. And the final player, um, uh, a very speedy player. That uh, what a what a wing attack Swansea had at this point. They had this player, and they had Wayne Routledge. Uh, this player is thirty-five oh. years of age. Very nippy winger. Uh, no, not Nathan Dyer, is it? Oh, mate, you've absolutely smashed it. Congratulations. From Trowbridge in England, started his career at Southampton, went on loan to Burnley. What? Sheffield United, then Swansea, uh, finished at Leicester City. There you See, go. I Those didn't are the three players. But his career in wait, this. if you thought that was it for this, you are most mistaken. Oh. Uh, name the two recent uh, Swansea managers that also played for Southampton. Um, also, can I just say a caveat to the, um, the the previous section of this quiz is I thought you meant players who'd moved directly from Southampton to Swansea, not that they'd started their youth career and then gone to three other clubs before Swansea. So no, listen, well, 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 I am actually correct. They were being loaned out. They were a Southampton player and got moved on to Swansea. That is correct of Nathan Dyer, of Jack Cork and Obafemi. Uh, okay, so two previous Swansea managers that have played for Southampton. Oh, I can't even think of who's managed Swansea in the past. Uh, Michael Laudrup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Great Dane. Um, well, uh, yes, both of them have played for Southampton. One has recently been sacked from the Premier League. My, 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 my mind's gone blank. My mind's gone blank. <laughs> I don't know. Put me out of my misery. Graham Potter. Graham played Potter. at Southampton. Uh, then obviously Swansea, Brighton. And the final one, uh, GM is the initials. Uh, 
Why am I so bad at this game? <laughs> I'm so bad. You're brilliant at this game because you're giving our listeners a chance. <laughs> Graham and Motta. <laughs> oh, uh, Gary Monk. Uh, Gary Monk, okay. The Monkster, the Monkmeister General. Uh, Steve, uh, that is all I have to say about Swansea. However, little extra addition for the really old fans. Mickey Adams played at Southampton. He also managed at Swansea. I could I go back. I Gary Monk played for Saints, so... Again, this has turned from, like we talked about a few months ago, from just a general quiz to actually teaching me some information that yeah, I probably tricky. should know. Hey, it's not about what you should know. It's just interesting. And a lot of people go, Tom, these these facts are boring. Stop. Uh, you're ruining Christmas. But other times, I think it's quite interesting. So there you go. That is the Saints trivia slash quiz done for this week. <laughs> That was absolutely fantastic. You outdo yourself every single week on this podcast with a level of research um, and intertwining information that goes into each and every one of your quiz questions. Um, it's probably time to start looking ahead um, to the weekend. Yeah. Southampton have Liverpool at home on Sunday. Um, we're not expecting fireworks in this game we want there to be a party atmosphere Liverpool probably won't be reaching the top four because Manchester United play on Thursday night so if they avoid defeat to Chelsea then that means they've guaranteed their top four spot alongside Newcastle so the only thing really being decided on that final day is who finishes third and fourth so it could be a, a dead rubber as they say where Liverpool have nothing going for them and neither do Saints um, so it could either be boring or it could be an absolute spectacle where both teams don't care and they'll just play a, a, a good brand of football. They'll just be, sorry. I was just going to say, put your I, hand put, up there. Yes. I did yes, put my hand yes, up. Yes, Mr. Deacon. Seeing behind the workings of a podcast, I put my hand up. There's two things I hope. I hope there's drinks breaks. If it's going to be as hot as it is now, I, I worry about the lads, uh, fatiguing at the end of the season. I don't want any injuries. Do you know what I mean? Uh, secondly, you are right. You know, Liverpool got really nothing to play for. Just pride. Southampton have got pride. Look, let's be honest. We're not going to win. But it will go off at St. Mary's if James Ward-Prowse was to step over the ball in a free kick scenario, bury that ball in the net because he would equal David Beckham's all-time free mm. kick record. And uh, Prowse is on 17 at the moment. Beckham had 18. To equal it in a Southampton shirt would be... Beautiful. We got relegated, but Prousey did something which probably won't be repeated again. And I, and, and I want him, if he does leave, I don't want him to get that record in another shirt. I want that shirt to be a Southampton one. Actually, do I want the shit one that we've got this year? It's difficult, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's difficult, but no, I do. I would love him to get and And I think some areas would erupt. It would be a great way to, to end the season. Yeah, I think he's not really had many opportunities, had he? has he, from in the last couple of months from his kind of specialist area as you say he's attempted a couple he's not going to score every single free kick but he's maybe not had as many as he was getting in that kind of little cluster where he scored quite a few um where they were winning free kicks and that could be down just to how how the team have been playing um not really having a huge amount in the final third to or even playing in a particular way that's um that's clever enough to draw fouls just outside mm. the box um so maybe who knows? Now Ruben's going. There's nothing to play for. 
Sprousey could potentially be playing his final game for Southampton, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of diving around the 25-yard area or drawing fouls, professional fouls, um, and just giving him as many opportunities as can be afforded to score. It would be beautiful. It'd be great. Imagine, yeah. And imagine he gets that 18th, oh, draws wow. level, and they're like, let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep giving him free kicks <laughs> around the penalty the area, around the, around the box, and, uh, and just see if he can break that record. Yeah, and I think game. two free I, kicks in one game. And I think Liverpool fans would love to see David Beckham being taken off the top list there. You know, as a Liverpool Manchester United rivalry, that would be great. They'd be happy for it. So Liverpool fans, if you are listening, make sure you pull your finger out and give Prousey the free kick goal. And um, we've got other news as well, Steve Forbes, haven't we? How do you want to address this to our adoring listeners? Yeah, it's, I, I didn't want to end the podcast on a slightly somber note, but let's let's not make it a, a negative let's a bit like the season let's celebrate the times that we've had at the top um yeah let's celebrate how impotent we are in front of goal <laughs> <laughs> so tom and i have decided to that, get married oh no sorry uh, no, sorry mate <laughs> that's we say we were saving that for the final episode um uh, tom and i have have decided that uh at the end of the season our final episode will be following that game against Liverpool. So this, my friends, is our penultimate episode of We March On with Steve and Tom. Um, we think it's time, you know, we've put a lot of effort into the podcast over the past year and uh, we just need a bit of a break, I think. And um, we've both got other avenues that we're, we're aiming to pursue and um, necessarily can't afford the the time required to to do this week in and week out. And we wouldn't want to do our listeners and you are are dis, a disservice by exactly. not by not bringing you the, the level of quality that we've done. Um, and just think of some of the guests that we've had. I know we haven't had many recently, and that may be down to the fact that results haven't been great. Therefore, the attitude and the the atmosphere um, around games hasn't been amazing, but. We've had the likes of Dean Hammond on the podcast, Nigel Atkins. We've also had um, uh, Max Rushton, Max Rushton, broadcasting legend, yeah. um, on the pod as well. So, you know, we 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 we've done our best, Tom, haven't we, to try and exactly. provide an alternative. There, there are obviously other Saints podcasts out there that are more focused on the team and how they play and results, etc. And, and our goal was to provide an alternative source of entertainment. Um, where fans could just tune in and go, you know, we've got an interest in Southampton, but I want to see these these guys. I want to I want to hear their take on it yeah. and, and what they think. And it's more about the personality of a football fan rather than us thinking that we are uh, pundits in the making. Um, exactly. It, it's so, not a live championship manager slash football manager where we would uh, dissect the plays. But look, I, I feel like the way this is going, and and I know we left this to the end, and you didn't want to do that. But look. Guys, listen, you're listening. Listen up, you know, listen up hard right now. Because Steve and I aren't going to be together anymore, we still love you, the listeners. It's like parents breaking up with you, all right? Look, we don't love each other anymore, but we love you, okay? Well, we, we love each other, but we're not 
not in that way. We we love yeah. each other, but we're not in love with each other anymore. Exactly. It feels like <laughs> when you t- say to kids, I've been there, and uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I get two Christmas presents. Yes, brilliant. Best day ever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. So look, we'll, we'll go out with a bang next week. Um, and hopefully, you know, what, and we've been saying it for the last couple of weeks, it would be great if Saints could win. What a great way it would be to end the podcast. But we'll have more on, on that um in the next week or so um but steve that brings us to the end of of this week's pod it's been thoroughly enjoyable relegations i think of the past now it's looking forward to the future isn't it that's what it feels like yeah i, th- I think we have to just look forward I'm, I'm kind of excited in a way to have a season in the in the championship um i think i've addressed it before with you i've certainly told you um face to face maybe not on the pod that it's a real opportunity to um learn about a different division. I mean, I think we're so Premier League focused, aren't we? It's so Premier League centric. And even when you look at mainstream media, which I tend to be a part of on occasion, that the main focus is, is on the elite division in this country. And, and I would say that I'm certainly not um, an aficionado of, of the EFL. And I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, seeing a different brand of football, learning about different players, about different teams. Um, so... That that is a bit of a positive for me looking forward. Definitely. Well, listen, um, that concludes this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will be back uh, next week, potentially. If not, because I'm away, it'll be the week after to round. L- let's not, uh, you know, give people hope that it's going to be next week because it, wo- <laughs> it won't be. Okay. It won't be because you're, you're, I'm away right. the entire week as that well. That is so like your mother. <laughs> that is so like your mother. Okay, your dad is always like that. He always does this. If <laughs> I say I'm away, he says he's away. <laughs> if he can't do it, I can't do it. I have to always pick up the pieces. Um, it does Listen, feel like a breakup You can have now. us every other Saturday. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> so we're not going to be here next week following the Liverpool game because... Uh, we both are committed to other things. Following week, we'll get together. We'll hash out our final episode. We'll say goodbye, hopefully with a win under our belts. We might even put together our best bits from the uh, from the last nine months, Tom. Um, it'll take about four minutes to clip that up. And, uh, and we'll be back then. We'll be back at some point soon. Exactly. Saints Brass, do your thang, yo. <laughs> <laughs>